Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, a Stargate podcast. Welcome to Wormhole Waffles, and welcome to Roastathon 4.0. I'm your host, Chelsea Cola. With me is my co-host, Arzudu. Hello! That rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> special guest, Dr. Arman. Hello. <laughs> you have to say hello. Yeah, my, my soda references will become uh, self-explanatory later. <laughs> so today we're going to know what you were going with in the notes, and then when the episode started, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sodas! Today we're going to be talking about episodes 13 through 16 of the half-hour animated show Stargate Infinity. The Mother of Invention, which premiered on December 7th, was written by Paul Francis and Randy Littlejohn. Re- reality on December 30th, 2002, written by Catherine Lawrence. Museum on January 6th, written by Brooks Wachtel. And Us and Them on January 13th, 2003, written by Paul Francis and Michel Troyer. And all were directed by Sergei Ciceroni, Pascal Gogri, and Bernard Legal. So Before first you, you go on. Yeah. Before you go on. I do want to say, while we've got these dates fresh in our head, uh-huh. that in the museum episode, in my notes, because I didn't check the release dates before I just started taking notes, I did write Harrison and Gus, where were you on January 6th? Yeah. Yeah. That's just and, um, the fact that museums were printed on January yeah. 6th is... Uh... <laughs> Prophetic. Yeah. Foretold. We should have listened. <laughs> It was foretold by ancients so long ago. Yeah, the oh uh, most racist episode probably. <laughs> Look I'm at sorry, there. I Look at there. You off. <laughs> that <was> fine. <laughs> so just a quick recap of the show's premise. Stargate Infinity is set in approximately 2027 with the futuristic SGC. An enemy called the Tlacon are trying to invade Earth and frame Gus Bonner with murder. And so Bonner is leading a ragtag team of newbies to various worlds in an effort to prove his innocence and also escape being killed. And they start out with five people and then add on a sixth who may or may not be an ancient, which we'll actually get to touch on finally in one of these episodes today. And each episode consists of the team traveling to a new planet to escape from the Tlacan with some obvious tropes and recurring patterns of behavior, like how they always come roaring through the Stargate at six miles an hour. And Gus is the veteran who is not a very good leader. <laughs> Stacy Bonner is Gus's niece who gets roasted for doing normal things. Uh, RJ Harrison is the racist womanizer. Seattle Montoya is the Native American woman with stereotypical abilities. Echo is the token alien who doesn't totally understand humans. And Draga is the woman-coded alien that has dragon-like characteristics and is typically, typically forgotten in the major plot points. And there's always some kind of moral lesson for the kids watching and sometimes an educational lesson as well. And it's okay if you haven't been able to watch long. We'll give very detailed summaries so you can easily follow along with this. So let's get started with the Mother of Invention. So this is one of the very, very rare episodes where they actually come through the gate at a normal speed for once, which is good because there's a giant cliff. Yeah, I think it's an indication of the more mature, more romantic aspect of this episode. My favorite episode. I was really proud of them for the character growth, though. I mean, like, it takes 13 episodes to learn that there might be something on the other side of, you know, the portal you're ripping through at Five. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, but then, like, in the yeah. very episode, they come through at 60 miles an hour again, so they never learned their lesson. 
Hubris. <laughs> let's, let's put a pin in that lesson because I do want to bring it up in a in a later episode. I think okay. it's the next episode. So let's put a pin in their speed because I do want to address it at that point. <laughs> so right off the bat, Harrison sees what looks like might be a city and it's like, ooh, maybe they have a soda machine. And it's obviously played off as like Harrison is really dumb and trivial and he just is only thinking of soda. But if you think about it, they've been on the run for weeks eating like moss <laughs> and random fruit that they find on planets. And like he wants a soda on a hot shower. I get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I empathize. Yeah. yeah like, I really don't blame him. War crimes aside, he's quite the human, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I just keep forgetting that they don't—they don't get to reset at an yeah. SGC after every mission, like the way everybody else does. So, yeah, I mean, it's just been like planet after planet filled with like trauma and adrenaline rushes because of you know random things going on and captivity. I mean, just, yeah, so like, okay, he wants a soda and a hot shower. Totally, like, let's get, let's find a way for him to get that. <laughs> And there's some times when they're on these planets that, like, seem relatively okay, but they don't just, like, hang out and enjoy the amenities afterwards. I'm like, why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, maybe they do. Maybe by the time they leave, it's, like, a couple days later. I don't know. It always we seems like they, they finish the mission and then they go through the Stargate again. I'm like, we so rarely see them sleep, for one thing. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they never have like downtime so i mean harrison is wrong about most things but not about this <laughs> yeah and then yeah. and then gus is like oh this looks vaguely familiar because it looks like the new jersey turnpike and <laughs> like nobody's laughing at that joke Oh, I, no, I just did. I mean, <laughs> well, because even well, I'm not 100 sure what a turnpike is, and I've been driving for half my life. First of all, so I'm like, I think it's some kind of highway interchange. I'm I played Mario that, like, Mario Kart Toad's Turnpike. Aren't there cows in Toad's Turnpike? No, it's in the same uh, cup. Oh, but yeah, it's like a highway. Something to do with the highway. Yeah, point of yeah, guess... that Gus has. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's literally, it's just a, like a, a toll, a tolled highway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and so Gus is saying how he's never been to this planet before. And this came up last time we talked about Infinity because I thought they were going to planets that Gus had been to before. And that's how he knew where to go. But this is the second time where it's come up where he said he's never been to this planet before. So I'm like, I, I guess... They really are just going based on a, like a database in their little RV computer. He's because just the whole it, time. It could be planets that like Gus knows about, but he's never actually been to. But then again, some of these people seem like most of these people they encounter have seemed to never have seen humans before. So if the SGC in general had sent teams there before, then you think there'd be some recognition like, oh, those humans. Right. Like I've seen your kind, but there Maybe, never is. Like, Maybe they sent like a really small complement of people to like just catalog the planet, like the climate, the atmosphere, yeah, you know, stuff like that. Log it and we'll come back. Maybe I think you both give this show too much credit. I think he's just a liar. 
<laughs> he's like, oh, I totally been to these planets, guys, and then just you know, <laughs> which where is are we? Also, I've never seen this. <laughs> which is also a valid point because that is the thesis of this episode. Mm-hmm. It's about telling the truth. Yeah, that's Wait, true. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there was what the the mud planet where Harrison was taken as a slave, basically. He which had he, been which bothered him one. until it turned out the lady was hot. Right. It. So Gus had been there before because he spoke some of the local language, I think, and like they knew how to speak English, and they like specifically recognized Gus. So he had been to that one before, at least. So he tells the <laughs> truth rarely. Yeah. So, anyways, once they like get past the Stargate area, there's a random crane that starts catapulting rocks at them. I'm like, okay, that's one way to start this episode. <laughs> A crane with go a catapult. Bigger, go home. Like... <laughs> yeah. That's the lesson for the... <laughs> <laughs> and so they start this like vehicle race with this crane and these other RVs and they all have crazy smog, which I'm like, is it is it actually like exhaust from the vehicles or is this like something that they're intentionally, you know, dispersing from the backs of their vehicles to create confusion? I think it's smog because... Later, when um, this alien they meet, Krita, is talking to them about how their vehicles work and Echo tells her it's water, she's like, but water doesn't burn. So, like, mm-hmm. to her, fuel must burn. Right. So this is exhaust. Probably. From, like, a really bad fuel source. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, she's working with, with what she's got, so. Yeah, we'll get to the fuel later, because I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's this... this uh this alien girl named Krita. So she kind of looks like, I think looks like an elf with turquoise hair and a mm-hmm. tail. Mm-hmm. And then there's these, she calls herself the inventor. And there's these other aliens who she calls workers who are never named. They're just unnamed people the entire episode. And they're like slightly racially different because they have the same basic body type but they have a different color skin and their faces are a bit more like sharp and pointy and i'm like is this like a like a class difference that we're kind of seeing based on like minorities you know i'm like trying to figure out it's possible but it's also never addressed because no it's problem is her dishonesty yeah well it's like the workers who are never named are clueless worker bees essentially and the inventor Krita is the only one who knows how to do anything and I'm like there's some weird stuff going on here like there's a lot to unpack what's going on with these people (laughs) and Echo immediately falls in love with Krita romance romance they're in love I'm so happy (laughs) so you came up with a ship name for them Yes, Krico. <laughs> Which is very cute, I think. It is cute. It's a good ship name. And when this series ends, Echo's <laughs> going to go back to her. <laughs> what do you love about Krico, Arzu? I just love the earnestness of the two of them. Yeah. I like that they're both clearly very into each other. Yeah. I, like, I wrote It's Giving Raylo because they both feel so alone and they have to yeah. tell each other that they're not alone. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm like they specifically wrote this for me in 2002. <laughs> I don't know. It's just 
it's like the kind of thing I latch on to. It's very much it's very much that. It's like got some beauty in the beast elements because Echo's an alien. Yeah. I mean, I guess technically so is Creed up, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, any planet that's not their home planet, they're technically an alien. So that's true. Yeah. But usually Echo doesn't get this kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. This kind of subplot. Actually, none of them do because this is a show for children and they're afraid to do that. But yeah. But yeah, and I, I also feel like the reason for their breakup was a little thin because I'm like, come on, guys. I've read romance <laughs> novels where they come back from work, but Right. Yeah, I agree. Well, this isn't the first attempt at romance because remember in the previous time we talked about Infinity, Harrison was chasing after a woman who turned into a tree to get away from him. Right. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know yeah. if that's romance so much as it is just like attempted romance on Harrison's part. <laughs> attempted non-reciprocated romance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Harrison. Which, okay, is okay i gotta jump ahead for a second the reason they break up is because echo's like you lied to me once and i don't know that i can trust you again she lied like and 50 it... times what are you talking about Whatever. <laughs> every like... word out of her mouth was a lie oh which is such a lie out of a romance novel so really you can come back from it but he's like <laughs> you lied i don't know that i can it takes time to build trust back up but obviously he's not going to stay till i give her the time and i'm like but you're friends with harrison so yeah. you don't really occupy the moral high ground here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, like, and I mean, also it... Gus Bonner, who also is lying all he the time. He was just pull so. pulling legs, Arzu. I mean, oh in everybody God. else's defense of being quote-unquote friends with Harrison, they were all thrown into the situation together by chance. They didn't choose Harrison to be on their team. They can leave Harrison somewhere. If they <laughs> with the mud lady. <laughs> with the mud lady it's not like he'd protest yeah, no, exactly. after he found, finds out he doesn't have hot. to eat moss yeah he's good well no he would have to eat mud though they eat mud oh there. true yeah <laughs> they don't fun. have soda machines <laughs> they're not civilized they don't have soda machines yeah oh <laughs> or hot <God>. showers <laughs> <laughs> indoor plumbing in the next episode <laughs> the standards change yep <laughs> oh my god so after they meet Krita, I mean, they, they ask her about how there's, like, obviously damage to the surrounding buildings and, like, you know, what caused this damage. Like, they're like, they immediately jump to, was it the Tlacan? And she's like, Tlacan. Yeah. Tlacan. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely the Tlacan. And I'm like, this girl has never heard this word in her life. She has no idea what they're talking about. She's just rolling with it. So I guess it's line number one. It's <laughs> fine. It's survival of the fittest. It's oh a girl God. boss doing what she must <laughs> in this harsh, unforgiving galaxy. I saw right through it, though. He's just, like, staring. He's like, nah. <laughs> but he lets it happen anyway. He's like, yeah, I don't believe you, but let's I, go for it. Well, Echo is, like, enraptured by her beauty. And so he's just like, okay. <laughs> she's not a threat. Line. She's beautiful. <laughs> Literally his line. And so like, he's right. <laughs> so she gives Echo to like, teach her about how they power their RVs so she could figure out a better way to power stuff on her planet. And so she ends up stealing these catalyst converters from their RVs in order to power her own equipment. 
So, which is the whole like create lies thing that Arzu was talking about earlier. Only once, right? <laughs> Just listen, she's been alone on this planet. She is trying to. She survive. created a class system. <laughs> she is doing her best. She with runs a what cult. What she's been given. And all she wants now is some companionship. She doesn't know any other way to be. She doesn't know how to be without lying. She's doing her best. She made <laughs> she made everybody below her call her the inventor and scream praise the inventor. That's true. In they unison. In unison, Arzu. And she created an economy and jobs. That so she fully controls. It? And she keeps all the secrets away from everyone. And then, like, I think gets half of them killed and she's like oops we're safe here like <laughs> i don't think they get killed though there's like destruction everywhere happen. and she's like oh we're safe here well the, all the destruction happen. happens that's all at the refinery they live in like in a village that like is a little ways away oh okay just take out their power so yeah who needs that they don't need yeah it's fine anything. they live who needs to refine things right <laughs> <laughs> well okay no because your problem is that she created this system and then when the, the system she created gets destroyed you're like oh yeah who needed it right because they like so obviously they were filling some sort of important function you can't have it both ways you can't go from like oh you live in a house under my control to you live in the field and nothing enjoy like you can't do that <laughs> why not you transition power you know okay sorry i was a cult leader sorry i made you all call me the inventor you know <laughs> here's here's that. how you can repair the power here's how you can do these things self-sustaining ecosystems if she doesn't know another way to be, she's got to learn as she goes. What's unclear to me is what exactly her inventions are doing. Because so at the refinery, they've got maybe a dozen humongous vats that you'd see it kind of in any industrial complex, apparently filled with liquid, liquid hydrogen. And I'm not sure what it's for. I mean, she calls it fuel. But I'm like, fuel for what? We never really see what it is that's being fueled besides her, like, two RVs and the crane. Her ambition. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, genuinely confused what all the fuel is for. So, I, I don't, I really don't understand, like, the point. And so... <laughs> it's because she needed a reason to steal their, their stuff. I was thinking that maybe she needed their catalyst converters in order to create water, but that didn't really seem to be happening either, so I don't know. I was just not understanding what was happening on that planet. No That's more lies. The heart and soul <laughs> of the story was the romance. Yeah, they really like let the plot be pretty thin in order to have this romance. Are they As they should. Are they Hallmark Stargate cross lovers or on that? <laughs> what? Are they Stargate cross lovers or no? I guess so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I do want to go back to a couple of funny things that happened. So right when like Echo was talking to Krita and telling her about their vehicles and how they work. They're doing that while Seattle is like trying to take a nap. And she, <laughs> for one thing, she is laying in a very seductive position while napping, <laughs> which I don't understand. Echo is right there. <laughs> Can you blame her? 
And then, like, she gets annoyed watching them flirt <laughs> and walks out, which I totally get. Relatable. <laughs> and then at one point, like, Harrison is, like, flying around with his little jetpack, and there's some kind of interference, and he falls into water, and he has to be saved from drowning. I'm like, wasn't he an Olympic swimmer? What? <laughs> Unless he was also lying. What happened to his swimming? I mean, we the whole team is built on lies. I knew it. <laughs> but we witnessed him doing a swim race in a previous episode. <laughs> he didn't have like a dead piece of technology strapped to his back, dragging him down to the depths. I mean, I don't know. An steroid. Olympic swimmer would be okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, question... he can't be that bad. A question about the sleeping bags. I remember they were all laying on top of them, but it looked like they had little cutouts for their faces. So I was just. That confused me. Was that normal? Was that like an animation thing? Like they weren't in the sleeping bags. They're just laying on top, but they had yeah. cutouts for their faces. Like I, I didn't get that. I don't know. Maybe part of the pillow. And then I, I wrote here in my <laughs> notes. Covered their faces. <laughs> Gus straddling Harrison and moaning is a visual I never needed. And I think I blocked it from my memory, but I vaguely remember it now. I don't remember that. <laughs> Like I think Harrison's asleep and like Gus gets on top of him and he's like grunting and I'm like, <laughs> he's like wake up and I'm like whoa. <laughs> oh well, there's game. a part where they're like trying to to work on the RVs and Harrison is underneath an RV and like falls asleep and and Gus kicked, pulls yeah. him out and kicks his foot. I no, there's that, the but moaning. I remember the moaning. Like I, I can't have made that up. Like it had to be real. <laughs> I believe you. I just don't remember that. <laughs> I feel like you made it up. I just dreamed it. <laughs> it's your fan fiction. Oh, God. All the grunting in this show, I mean. What would Gus Bonner and RJ Harrison's ship name be? Bonnerson? Bonnerson. It's that or... Bonnerson. RJ Bonner. <laughs> RJ Bonnerson? What? It was just R.J. Bonner. Oh, they're using R.J. Bonnerson. I'm like, sounds or like a children's ha- novelist. Like, Harer? Yeah, no, Bonnerson is the best one. Bonnerson's ha- great. What about uh, Harry Bonner? <laughs> I'm out. I hate it. I, I hate quit. it. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Bonner. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, so when they find out that Krita is lying... <laughs> They all, like, drag Echo so hard for believing her and, like, covering for her. And it's like, guys, this is the first woman who's ever given him romantic attention before. Like, give him a break. Also, I would love for each and every one of them to, like, read out their dating history because I bet it's not important. Right? Right? Like, Like, come on. And he even said, like, they are like, I can't believe you believe her lies. And you're like, forgiving her for lying. And he's like, I did what's called giving her the benefit of the doubt because we've never met. So why would I just assume that she's lying? It's like, yeah, I mean, come on. He just read them all for filth. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Another thing that I found really entertaining was how, like, so something blows up and... Draga screams in a really, really weird way and like does a somersault before flying off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't I don't understand what's happening. She's dramatic. 
Oh, I guess we should mention the fact that the Tlacan showed up, and they're right. the ones who blow up the big hydrogen vats. So all of her fuel is gone. And I was like, well, I don't know if this compromises their survival because I never understood what the hydrogen was for. So maybe they're fine. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll, well, we'll never find out. But yeah, we can make up our own answer. And Gus was like, there shouldn't be this many vats so close together either. Like, this is a safety hazard. I'm like, yeah, I guess she doesn't have OSHA on this planet. Like, <laughs> she really needs to work on that, I guess. I mean, if she thought water wasn't a good fuel source. Yeah. Then water's not something she's obviously often exposed to. I mean, you could argue that water is a fuel source for humans. And I mean, being around the crew and they're drinking water, I'm surprised Draga didn't make the connection. You know, our bodies are powered by water. Our machinery is powered by water. Oh, cool. No, no, fuel has to burn. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. So, yeah, basically the Tlacan bl just blow themselves up. So, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's all good. I love when the trash takes itself out. Yeah. And so Echo offers to take Krita, like, to another planet with them like to join their team or whatever i'm like oh so you're just gonna take the only person who knows how the machinery works away from the planet and leave the workers behind who because don't know how to do it's anything through love <laughs> yeah but then what about all those other people figure it out like are you just gonna take the whole planet of people with you but no they'll figure <laughs> we, it out we don't even know how many there are because we only saw like four so it's fine, it's fine. I just have many questions about these people. Then yeah, Echo so, breaks up with her. Well, I mean, you know, he's got to go. She's got to stay. He's a coward. And, you know, it's got this whole moralistic lesson of lying is bad. So that's our theme. You know. And she's going to make an effort to be nicer to the workers now. So... <laughs> Sounds very assuring. Yeah, I'll try harder. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I made you all call me the inventor to feed my ego. Anything else you want to say about this episode? No. Okay, episode fourteen, reality. Oh, I think Armand, weren't you like giving these alternate names? Yeah, I was. This one was uh, Stargate Infinity Fury Road, just because it, it kicked yeah. off, and they're like having a whole fury road chase and then yeah i don't i don't know if you both caught it but at one point i think echo's like you know like on top of like one of the vehicles and it's going full speed and then it stops and he gets flung off of it yeah do you remember that like it's like yeah. right at the beginning i yeah. burst out laughing like i was like <laughs> <laughs> just they entered it so peacefully this time and then now they're just ripping through and he just goes yeah. flying off a vehicle shrugs it off and then you yeah, like, know oh fine. caught you yeah it's like <laughs> Then he jumps on another vehicle. It's like, you haven't learned your lesson. <laughs> he doesn't seem to ever get wounded, so I guess he's okay. He's just tenacious. <laughs> and God. so your your new title for episode 14 is? Hotel California. Oh, yeah. Okay, so in this episode, <laughs> <laughs> they come racing through the Stargate because they do not learn their lessons. I don't think they actually run into anything this time, but that will change. 
I noticed that they were taking readings on their computers for the first time, like gravity, they can detect carbon-based life forms. Like, why is this the first time we're doing this? We're on episode 14. Like, <laughs> why has this not been a thing that we've been doing this whole time? I don't know. I don't know. It's like they just remembered. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And he, ma- Gus makes a reference to having been to another planet where they base their entire culture around old Earth TV broadcasts. I'm like, honestly, not sure if he's joking. But if he's not, I think they should go. <laughs> Maybe he's talking about Galaxy Quest. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, why would another planet even have access to old Earth TV broadcasts for one thing and then be compelled to create a culture around it? I don't That's like a that's like a sci-fi thing. It was the Galaxy Quest, Futurama did it, like basically that the satellite signal that conveys the program beams Mm -hmm. it outward and other planets pick it up, but they don't know that it's a fictional program, so they just think it's like like real people. They think it's real. Oh, so that was not clear to me. I'm giving this show more credit than I think did, but just because (laughs) it's happened more than once in other media, I'm like, that's probably what it is. (laughs) So they are walking around this town that has a huge amount of destruction to it. There's lots of holes in the buildings and stuff like that. And they find this thing that looks like a temple, which turns out to be a theater. And there is, there's a guy inside who I think is basically like, so it's like a hologram. I think it is an AI rendering of a real person because we meet the real person later. But this is pretty clearly an AI because he's like, you know, welcome to... Yeah, it's like, my name is Halot. Welcome to the Synth. Would you like me to take you to your seats? And he's like, repeats the same kind of message. So he's only got a set number of phrases he can say. Yeah. I hate, well, he interacts a little bit because he they're like, take us to your boss. And he's like, what is a boss? You know, so he's able to talk. He can convey confusion, but, but yeah. he latches on to a word he knows, leader. And he's like, oh, leader, yeah. let me lead you to your seats. And then. Yeah. So it turns out that I guess the entirety of this people, I'm not really sure because I mean, it's only like a few hundred people in there. So is it that the entire population? I don't know. Anyway, there's all these people in this big theater and these kind of like pod seats with these like helmets with visors on them and they've got feeding tubes in. And so they're all experiencing a virtual reality. So this is very much like the Gamekeeper episode from SG-1. Yes. (laughs) Except it looks less nice. The people don't look as well taken care of physically. The people here look pretty bad. They're in, first of all, they're in rough shape. Yeah. Um, But then also, why did the notes just jump? Oh, Um, sorry. I added a photo right at the top. I I didn't mean to. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's all I thought, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> Hang on, let me go look at this photo you added. It's Mark Zuckerberg in oh, a room God. full of people with like Oculus Savannah. on their face. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean that does track because Savannah, not Savannah, Seattle, wrong U.S. city. <laughs> Seattle says that when she was in high school, she was completely addicted to this VR game. I'm like, was it was it an Oculus headset? <laughs> 
Beat Saber is really addictive, guys. <laughs> oh, man, I miss Beat Saber. But I just would like to say that, you know, they see all these people in tubes and they freak out, rightly so. And they're like, well, we're not staying here. And the leader guy is like, well, if you're not plugging in, you have to get out. And they're like, yeah, let's just go. And I'm like, so in every continuity, the SGC is just like, not my monkeys, not my circus. <laughs> and just leaving well, people to suffer. I think it was more like Gus wanted to go see what else was on in this town and what else there would be to do to like get them out. Like if there was a power source he could pull or something like that. So. I feel like he was just ready to dip. <laughs> but to be fair, I mean, they do like Seattle, especially wants to pull all the people out of their pods because she thinks that they're addicted to it. And like she was addicted to video games when she was young. And I'm like, I'm not sure it's really the same thing because they never really interrogated the reasons why these people might be in these pods. Like, okay, it, it could be that you're right, that this was basically like a video game that they all got addicted to and never wanted to leave. Or it could be a situation where the planet is literally failing and they're all going to die soon. And so they would rather die happy in these like virtual realities rather than like, you know, aware of what's going on. I mean, which isn't the case, but I mean, you never, I mean, it kind of is the case because there's all this lightning, <laughs> this ball lightning that goes crazy later. <laughs> and they would have all died if the team hadn't come in to help save them. So, like, maybe interrogate why they're in these pods in the first place, you know? That's not what the SGC does. <laughs> they don't ask questions. They just give away, you know, company secrets to random rat people on a yes. random plan. Oh, here's how all of our technology works and is powered, stranger. Like That's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, so they find out that this planet has ball lightning, which I've never heard of before. Is, is that a real thing? I'm going to look it up. It's basically, instead of a lightning strike, it's like a lightning, almost like a meteor coming down. Yes, it is a thing. Okay, well, that's terrifying. It's a rare and unexplained phenomenon. Is it also known as electric wind? <laughs> no. That was like... That's, that's Draga's I, word for it. <laughs> what I hate is Draga is like, like, oh, you know, it's like electric wind. And I'm like, oh, electric wind, that's a rad band name. Yeah. My notes. And then Gus makes that joke like a beat right after I finish typing. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I have one of their albums. I'm like, fuck, like he stole my joke. Like, <laughs> was my humor just on par with Gus Bonner's? <laughs> that's not that's not a good sign. It's not. <laughs> terrible sense of humor. <laughs> Boomer humor. Yeah, Electric Wind is, is something else. Okay. It's a kick ass band name. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, they're trying to figure out what's going on, and it turns out that this planet's sun has these massive solar flares that causes the ball lightning, and Echo is able to see that an even bigger flare is on its way, and I'm like, um, I'm going to question the science on this one, because we've come across this kind of thing on SG-1, and it's incredibly difficult to predict solar flares, like almost impossible. But it, by 2027. Apparently by 2027, we're going to be able to predict them. So that's cool. I love that for us. <laughs> Progress. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, while Echo is like 
doing science stuff, Harrison is commenting about how he wants a hot shower, and Stacy's like, "Yeah, you need one." <laughs> <laughs> None of the rest of them do. Apparently, it's just Harrison. I'm sure they all need a hot shower. But I like that Stacy's like, "Yes, you need a shower. You specifically need a shower." Well, I mean, I would assume that if they don't have showers, at least Stacy in Seattle are like using some kind of like wet wipe situation. Harrison Whereas, doesn't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> Probably Gus, too. Like, <laughs> Honestly, like, let's be real. That should be their fantasy when they go into the into the synth. Yeah. It's just a shower. I think at one point Echo justified everyone who was in the VR space. Like, Echo was just, like, saying, you know, you know, maybe they just want to be there, you know, like, that maybe they're not addicted. Like, just if they don't want to be addicted, just don't be addicted. Like, he he said something along those lines, and I was just like, oof. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> not the he best advice. Like, addiction ever. is a choice. <laughs> yeah. Well, just don't do it. <laughs> Choose Stop not to. <laughs> just say no. <laughs> he drank Dare to say no to drugs. I should be on a shirt and it just echoes face and confuse <laughs> picture of Echo. It's in the Stargate font, just dare not to do drugs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, so they decide that it's too dangerous to try to pull people out of these pods prematurely and that they need to do so, I guess, a choice from within the virtual reality. And so they choose Seattle to go in there and convince the people to come out. Seattle being the one who was addicted to these kinds of games as a teenager. So I'm like, okay. That's an interesting choice. Well, okay. (laughs) It makes me think of this episode of Bones where I forgot his name. Booth, the guy who plays Angel on Angel, is a gambling addict or was a gambling addict. He's gotten help. He's rehabilitated. He goes to meetings, but they need to go undercover in a gambling den. And he's like, well, I know how to pull it off convincingly send me in i'm fine i won't relapse and then he relapses of course and it's like a whole season long arc of him realizing he needs to get help that's what this made me think of yeah that was my tangent i'm done well luckily for seattle they only stay on a planet for about a day before jetting off somewhere else so she won't be able to stay and and chill out in this virtual reality situation because Seattle was able to overcome her addiction by acknowledging that screen time limits are a good thing. And yeah. that's all that's all she needed. You know what it made me think actually was like, okay, what let's interrogate a little bit why Seattle might have been addicted to video games as a teenager. Was it maybe because, oh, I don't know, she was poor and had a really bad living situation and wanted to escape from reality for a little bit? And her parents told her to go outside. Yeah. You know, (laughs) they don't seem to care because her experience is broadly applicable to every American child Mm -hmm. who is watching this show. But I don't think they need to worry because I don't think there was a single solitary child sitting in front of the TV to watch this show. (laughs) (laughs) All two of the kids who watched it. All two of them (laughs) got the lesson to get up and go outside. So Seattle goes into the sim and at first she's like motorcycle racing i think and draga is able to speak to her through their mental connection of course and <laughs> is like remember that you're in a simulation and except that she says it with really poor english because for some reason she has all these supernatural powers and still can't speak english but 
yeah, oh, this I, is what I wanted to say was that in the simulation, <laughs> Seattle's on a bike and she decides to rocket through a Stargate at 60 miles an hour. Yeah. And I'm she like, sure does. Even in your imagination, like. Yep. <laughs> she does. And so she controls where she goes. So she goes back to Earth, to the SGC, but then she kind of forgets where she is again. And Gus is able to come through and remind her that it's a sim, but it still kind of like plays out a little bit. And so one of the people at the SGC is like, Seattle, while you were gone, this lottery ticket that you had apparently was a winner and you're now rich. And I'm like, that is so sad. <laughs> it, it's also so unbelievably boring that the aliens like here plug into this helmet and you can experience any simulation that you want and seattle's like so i'm gonna go back to work and right. fairly put in my two weeks notice because i just won the lottery yeah. and then gus comes back and they're like gus you've been pardoned and also hi my name is michelle i never should have left you and i'm like can you not get more creative like yeah like, his put that helmet on me and it's like saint tropez with henry cavill like no <laughs> Yeah, so his, to work. his ex shows up at his workplace and says that she wants to take him back because apparently she broke up with him because he was working too hard at the SGC. So, you know, she's really hot. She feels him up a little. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then Seattle's like, remember, it's a simulation. And then he's got like this single tear. Yeah, that was really sad. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> He's just like crying in real life because he's imagining getting back together with his ex. Oh my god, man. <laughs> I, no offense, but like, aim higher. <laughs> well, and another thing that this episode reminded me of was the fact that Gus is a major, and I for some reason thought he was a colonel. I'm like, this guy's like 50 years old. How is he still a major? Like, he... <laughs> I, I mean, based on what we've seen him do with the team, it's it's not that hard to. Yeah, know, I guess so. Guess that he's just not really good at it. I guess, but because I that's mean, recognition recognition by his peers is you know part of his fantasy. Like he's never had that in real that's life. That's true. No ever come up and said, "You did a great job, great team, we love it." Not a single person. Yeah. Quite sad. <laughs> so. It's getting really depressing. This episode. Yeah, just. <sighs> poor Gus, poor Seattle, just having a rough time of it. I, I can empathize with Seattle. Get me in front of Civilization Five, there goes like the rest of my day. You know, just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Like, and yep. that's all I was thinking during that episode. And yeah. I guess it's the perfect segue to the next one. But <laughs> Ooh, <boy>. well, <laughs> real quick, let's finish up this one. So there's a bunch of ball lightning coming down, and they're shooting the ball lightning with their like laser cannons which apparently works i'm not sure about the physics on that <laughs> if that would actually work but they are able to wake up the people and the helot guy who was the ai before is now like awake and is a real person and he's like oh well we have these lightning rods so we just need to turn them on basically and it's able to get rid of all the ball lightning and they're fine I guess except that their city that is easy. like bombed I mean every single building has a huge hole in it so 
We have a lot of work ahead of them. But what also what didn't make sense to me was the fact that all these people in the pods were able to just get up and walk out of the theater. I'm like, how you've been in there for like at least months, right? You should all have muscle deterioration. You should not be able to walk out of there. They were also saying, like, because one of their feeding tubes had fallen out. They were like, these people are sick. These people are dying. Yeah. They should need severe medical attention. <laughs> yes. <laughs> rather than just, yeah, like, it's not even like we are making this inference and saying it doesn't make sense. Like, they said it, not us. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the team technically saved their lives because they would have all been killed by the ball lightning if they hadn't woken them up but now they're like all in severe medical crisis with like bombed out buildings essentially on to the next planet don't worry yeah yeah no worries like we have one long one more rant at the end about seattle going on about how video games are bad for you (laughs) and and that's it (laughs) the end Part, like while I was watching this, especially when they were bombing out that city, I'm like, this has to go against something. So I took to Google. I found that what they're doing is actually going against Part 2, Article 8, War Crimes in the Rome Statute from the International Criminal Court. Jesus. So every Isn't single part of the next episode? <laughs> no, it was this one, too. They were um, that that one. Don't get me started. That one, I think, checks all the boxes. <laughs> But this is when I started to sort of tune in and say, you know, I think something's going on here. And I was reading through it and I'm like, yep, that you know, they are hitting every single one of these marks. I pulled it up too. <laughs> willful killing, um, willfully causing great suffering or serious injury, uh, extensive destruction and appropriation of property, not they justified by this. In this episode. Yeah, they were weren't they destroying the buildings? And he's like, Oh, shoot the little solar flare and it exploded and destroyed half the other buildings. They're like, Well, well at least they were fine. They were preventing the ball lightning from hitting the ground. And so... <laughs> they sent it towards yeah. the building instead. I remember that. Scene. Well, I mean, some of them ex- like exploded midair without hitting anything. So, I mean, their intention wasn't to bomb stuff. They were trying to stop it from hitting anything. But there are only like two people using these cannons in one small area when the entire city is being hit by this ball lightning. I still think it goes against Section 2, Article 4. I don't know. <laughs> it feels like it. They're not, they're not intentionally <laughs> causing harm. That we know of. I mean, <laughs> yeah. We still have so many episodes to go. I feel like the, war, the real war crimes are in the next episode. <laughs> so, so let's talk about it. 15 Museum. What is your alternate title, Armand? Well, I wrote Night at the Museum, but I should have changed it to Civilization Five the movie. Which... <laughs> war Crimes at the Museum? <laughs> War crimes at the museum. I like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm changing it. There okay, go. so they come racing through the Stargate yet again, and Gus immediately runs into a wall. I'm like, yeah. It's yeah, not just any wall. <laughs> it's not just any wall. It's the Great Wall of China. And you know how we know that? Because we get a very racist musical cue. Yeah, <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> and Gus is like, are we on earth? And I'm like, my dude, you can see that there's a ceiling. You are clearly in a building of some kind. What makes you think you're on earth? Like the Stargate isn't even in China. I was going to say also who set up a Stargate? Like the great wall of China. China. Yeah. It was for tourists. It was for visitors. We find out later. (laughs) But still like, 
Gus seems like genuinely confused for a minute whether or not they're on Earth. I'm like, my dude, there's a ceiling above your head. Like, like, he does eventually show. clue into that fact. Eventually. And this, this is going back to the whole thing of like in a previous episode, he mentioned how there's another planet where they take um, Earth TV as their own culture. This planet has a museum dedicated to Earth's history. Which is really weird. Like, we never find out why. But so, only, like, the big bits of Earth's history, not, like, all of it. Yeah, only the parts with, like, exciting architecture. Only the parts that an eight-year-old would recognize. Right. And right off the bat, Harrison confuses the Mongols for mongrels. Which uh, is racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, thank you, Harrison, for your racist comment of the day. I love it. <laughs> I liked it because he made this really racist joke, and then he's like, "Ah, oh, I'm just kidding." Ah, like he's like trying to like play it off like it's a joke. Yeah, I'm like, he definitely subscribes to Twitter Blue. I'm sorry if anyone out there does, but <laughs> he does. I put oh, in my right, notes. Sure. I, I believe in free speech. Yeah, <laughs> I believe yeah. in free speech so much I have to pay eight dollars a month for it. Yeah. Yep. To a billionaire. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> free speech isn't free. It costs eight dollars a month. Do you think, could I make a Harrison, like, you know, verified account on Twitter and, like, no. Would get it. <laughs> nobody would get it. <laughs> just making jokes about war crimes. Nobody watches this show. <laughs> One person's just a really big fan. One of the writers, like, jumps in and says, stop. Like, <laughs> you could probably get away with seeming like a real person because nobody will know who RJ Harrison is. Yeah, RJ Harrison. <laughs> That's some really intense views, this guy. But <laughs> apparently, he was an Olympic swimmer. But maybe he was like, <laughs> he was like on the support team because I don't remember. He got him banned from YouTube. What? <laughs> <laughs> All his videos were subtitled, hard coded. <laughs> oh boy. Oh god. So Gus <laughs> is like, they're they're on the Great Wall of China, and they like are zooming down the wall, you know, because they can. And then they're immediately into Giza. And then after Giza, it's Rome. And Gus is so upset. He's like, but the continuity, the historical <laughs> continuity is terrible yeah. here. <laughs> He's like, these places are so far apart from each other. Why are they so close here? I'm like, my dude, I think you're missing the point. <laughs> and Harrison makes the really great remark. The past is so like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Not untrue. <laughs> that should be on a shirt. <laughs> I'd buy it. Just <laughs> as Harrison that, shrugging. Put that in the Twitter <laughs> bio. That's like the tagline. <laughs> God. Or the pinned tweet. <laughs> That's the pinned tweet that leads to his like, you know, alt-right version of Patreon because he got banned off of that. <laughs> <laughs> His parlor account. Oh, God. <laughs> His truth social account. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> Since so... Freedom Fighter under his name. But the thing is, we're roasting Harrison, but we're not wrong because he is so proud of the fact that he knows nothing <laughs> about history. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, to be fair, like, because Harrison is, like, really complaining about Gus going on and on about history. I'm like, Gus is going on and on about history way too much. He's just <laughs> constantly, like, narrating 
about historical events and people and everybody else is not interested <laughs> but like in his defense and i can't believe i'm defending him oh, but God. in his defense he hasn't had an opportunity in the last few weeks to like forget about the fact that he's wanted for murder and just like focus on his hyper fixation and like he, here he can and all he wants to do is like talk about his thing for a little bit and they're all like no that's boring so <laughs> like he's not gonna get the chance to do this again so they both have valid points both yeah. of these republican men <laughs> have a single valid point <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> between the two of them there's one valid point <laughs> yeah and like Dragas says that what he's talking about is interesting and he says thank you i'm like it's not your personal history like why <laughs> saying thank you like you made this up like <laughs> he did a 23 and me test and he's like part like i don't know <laughs> whatever culture he's talking about at this point i kind of 120th roman 120th roman oh, God. part french <laughs> And Harrison has another great line. I'm so ready to put the past behind me. And I'm like, you know, I bet you are because of all the hazing you did in your fraternity and what you did on January 6th. Like, I'm sure you do. (laughs) What he personally did. But they could have been there. They are old enough to have been there. He was the one leading the, like, whole crowd. He was just like... (laughs) Like, Harrison was in Nancy Pelosi's office. Right? He's going through the emails. Oh, my God. I do want to address something in your notes, Chelsea, um, okay. about <laughs> Caesar's men doing a Nazi salute. Oof. Oh, yeah. I, I that was a thing. So that's where the Nazis got it from, because that's how Hitler saw himself. But... You changed it slightly. I So I looked this up. I was like, did the Romans actually do the salute? Turns out, probably not. So Ooh. Wikipedia says... The extended arm saluting gesture is believed to be based on an ancient Roman custom, but no known Roman work of art depicts it, nor does any extant Roman text describe it. And it was invented by French painters. So okay. French neoclassic art depicts the Romans doing the salute, but nothing actually from the Romans chose the salute. Okay, so the Nazis thought they were being roman but really they were just going off of these french right and actually hitler himself didn't like it at first because he didn't like the reference back to the romans oh okay so my history class is slightly outdated um (laughs) clearly because that's where i got that information don't (laughs) at me at my history teacher okay yeah some people like apparently thought it wasn't german enough so oh well that tracks yeah, but they I changed think the it in the part of this is that the people behind Stargate Infinity are probably not Nazis. They changed it slightly though; like their hands were pointed up. I noticed. I, like at first, I was like, "No, they're not going to show this." And then, I think, I think because of yeah. the Nazi connotation, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't want this in Stargate Infinity. <laughs> I'm so glad this is a podcast and not text because we've said QAnon <laughs> Parlor Truth Social <laughs> January 6th Nazi so many times. <laughs> It's gonna get flagged. We're all kinds of bands. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what? Well, our stream you, just shuts down. <laughs> you got a little oh, ahead please. in the plot there, Arsu. Sorry. So no, I just I wanted to address that before I forgot. <laughs> before we get to Caesar and his Nazi soldiers, we, not Nazi. 
Robo Caesar. <laughs> we we meet Napoleon first. So there is what seems to be real life Napoleon with a bunch of robots dressed like French soldiers, and they're like waging war against the team, and they're all legitimately questioning whether or not this is actually Napoleon. And I'm like, guys, you're in a museum. What makes you think this is literally Napoleon taken from Earth and put in ice, I guess, for hundreds for of years just to be in this museum on another planet? Like, <laughs> I did think the question of whether or not he was a clone was a valid one. That was a good point. I think that was Seattle who was like, maybe yeah. he's a clone. I'm like, okay, I could see that. Somebody took some DNA from his grave and, like, cloned him. Okay, I can see that. But, like, Gus, it's, it's, come on. It's not literally him, guys. Gus just fangirled too close to the sun. And they see a guillotine and are explaining what it is to Draga. And they're like, oh, it was, like, a more humane way to execute people. And Draga is like, how can it be humane to execute? And I'm like, yeah. You're right. <laughs> that was a weird explanation, Draga. <laughs> I, I like uh, Gus Bonner sort of like just brushing it off. He's like, well, you know, like, you know, history's about other things too. It's not just about all the genocide and murder. Like, get over it. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're in this like chase with Napoleon and his soldiers trying to get away from them. And th they do some maneuver that doesn't turn out well. And then the, Napoleon does the same maneuver again and they're able to avoid it and Gus is like you see Harrison this is why it's important to learn from your past mistakes and I'm like okay learning history is not the same thing as learning from your past mistakes like knowing who the Romans were and remembering what you did literally five minutes ago and not repeating it is not the same thing <laughs> you know I yeah I thought that moral was a little bit shaky yeah <laughs> i'm like it it worked in the lion king <laughs> when when like rafiki is making the larger point of like the past can hurt but you can learn from it or run from it i get that that's what you're trying to do here yeah but when bonner's sort of emphasis on history has been so set in like the far past mm -hmm. you are now having a hard time selling me on this point yeah for sure yeah, this isn't like, remember what happened to your father's generation. This is, remember ancient Rome and China, and, you know, like, it's, yeah, it's not the same thing. A little, a little shaky. And so they decide to, like, build a little wall in the street to get Napoleon to stop following them. And so they, like, fire their laser guns at the ground to pull up the paving stones and create a wall with them, because apparently that's what they did during the French Revolution. And, but as they're doing this, the pile of stones that they create is so large. I'm like, there's no way that it was actually the same number of stones that were just on the ground in that small area. How are you creating so many stones? I don't understand. Are there multiple layers of stones? I mean, not normally. Magic. Yeah. So then we oh, finally God. meet Caesar. And he comes up on the other side of them. And it's... Like, you know, and Gus gives, like, another history lesson. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm now siding with Harrison. Like, these history lessons are getting really old. <laughs> I'm getting really tired of them. <laughs> and so they figure out that 
you know, this is a museum and it's just like preserving Earth's history, which they never explain why it's here to do this. But anyway, they are like trying to figure out if they can get, because like Caesar and Napoleon want to fight because they both want to be the emperor. And so like, okay, how can we get these guys to stop fighting? So some of them go off to try to find like the power source to shut down all of the robots. And then some of them are trying to like physically stop Caesar and Napoleon from fighting. And Caesar and Napoleon, like both, and this is like a uh, Caesar Augustus Aurelius, I think. And they both seem to think that they are really these historical figures. Is this not but, Julius Caesar? Because he said the month of July was named after. Yeah. But I thought he said Augustus Aurelius at one point. When he first uh, All I remember is him going, the month of July is named after me. So I'm like, okay, it's Julius Caesar then. Weird. I wonder if I'm It could also be that the writers don't up. know the difference. Right. They might have. That's interesting. Now I need to go back. Was I right? Or was. <laughs> I know I'm right about the July thing. Well, anyway, they think that they're the real people. But yeah. then when they go into, like, the Colosseum-type setting, and C Caesar specifically says, oh, this specific design didn't actually come to be until 100 years after my death. It was the invention of this other Caesar after me. And I'm like... So clearly, you know, you're not the real Caesar, right? Yeah, I, I put in my notes, like loosely. Oh, I was like, how do they know how long their empires lasted? Yeah, like, they know how long their empire was. They know what their legacy was. I'm like, if, if you have the future knowledge, like you said, mm -hmm. it doesn't track for either of them. Right. And it also doesn't really track that neither of them have explored the rest of the museum besides their little corner of it for the past hundred years that this place has been running. Like this, just because this one team came through, you're finally exploring other parts of the museum. I like that Gus's solution to this is let's form a triumvirate. Yes. <laughs> he's just like, everybody else is like, we're going to die. And he's like, no, I'm going to cosplay history right now. Yeah. Don't take chance. this from him. He'll never have another chance. This is his <laughs> his LARPing experience. My favorite thing was he's like, you know, both of the, these leaders probably have a weakness. And like Caesar has his back right there. Like you could just like, you know. Right. He doesn't know. Like he's not dead yet. Also, how does Bonner not know what their weaknesses are? Yeah. <laughs> right? He knows everything else. Yeah. He quoted something that napoleon said in history back to napoleon <laughs> well <laughs> napoleon's actually like cool who said that <laughs> he bought her explain to him like oh my god just so much so the i think it was echo and stacy maybe that went to find the power source and they figured out that the museum is set up so that you can flood parts of it to make it more realistic which is a weird thing to have set up. But it's true. That just seems like a safety hazard for a museum. It's ancient Rome. If anybody drowns, it's slaves and animals. And they didn't care either way. <laughs> but yeah, that was like very much a thing. Well, so they flood the Colosseum. And the robots are electrocuted. And so Napoleon and Caesar figure out that they're robots too. And are kind of like bummed out because they didn't realize they were robots. And 
I think it was it Gus who was like, well, when was the last time you ate? And they're like, hunger is for lesser beings. I also <laughs> like oh, hunger is for lesser beings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bar, so I like your comment of the better question or the funnier question to ask is when was the last time you pooped? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel like that's appropriate for a kid's show. I Kids would laugh. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so they're kind of bummed out realizing that they're robots. And, like, this whole area is flooding. And the animation makes it look like they can walk on water, which is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they can. <laughs> well, it's like Harrison, too. It looks like he's standing on top of the water. I'm like, I'll need to work on this animation a little bit. <laughs> that's his swim team skills coming in he can walk right? on water he was drowning last time and now he's <laughs> walking on water <laughs> split the difference and it's perfectly normal <laughs> yeah I mean I just kind of feel bad for these guys like because they didn't know what the situation was and it kind of reminds me of the SG-1 episode 10 man where they realized for the first time that they're robots and they're like really depressed it's like, like, yeah potential crises <laughs> yeah if you didn't know, th- that would be very traumatic. And so now they're talking about how, like, Caesar and Napoleon are going to run the museum now and try to bring in tourists. I'm like, from where? Are they gonna, like, <laughs> going to go on a little mission? Are they going to go to other planets and, like, recruit people, like, give out brochures? Like, <laughs> so you know, come to in, our planet? Um, you know in Night at the Museum, Octavius and Jedediah, the tiny little gay couple? I feel like Caesar and Napoleon are about to become like the Octavius and Jedediah yes, Museum. For sure. And and their little bonding thing rather than commenting on YouTube videos is going to be to like go find tourists for their museum. Yeah. So wholesome. Yeah. Okay. Where's right. that spinoff? Okay. I'm all right with that. <laughs> get get some brochures going. They've got um They've got a shop, a gift shop, because Harrison apparently gets Gus a t-shirt from the gift shop, and it's, like, orange, and it has Napoleon and Caesar's faces on it, and also it has armholes for six arms. So, that was fun. It's their get-along shirt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it had, like, like a kind of 80s-style party design to it with their faces on it. (laughs) All I know is I really want that shirt. Like I'm totally rock that. <laughs> Why is Caesar Napoleon on an '80s backdrop? Don't worry about you've it. You've got you've got a birthday coming up. So. Oh no! <laughs> you just have to make sure it has holes for six arms, okay? It needs six it's arms. Got holes in the side. It's authentic merch from Stargate Infinity. You just have to get some extra orange fabric and like sew in oh, some sleeves. extra sleeves. Oh god. <laughs> We're laughing, but I'll do it. Please don't. <laughs> Please okay. don't. I want to see this. <laughs> the world isn't That's ready. Great. I'm ready. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, you know, we could make it popular. We could, like, take them to cons and sell them. You know? What, are we gonna do with the- what do you do with the other four arms? They're just aesthetic. Well... There's, like, no holes there. <laughs> You know, like if one day you're feeling this armhole, and the next day you switched up and use the other armhole. Oh I don't know. God. I want to like meet somebody who puts like their arms in the top and then legs in the bottom and just runs. You around. would. That's something I would. You would that's do. like the first thing I. Would I have do. an idea. I have an idea. So the extra four armholes are like pockets, 
Instead, so they don't go holes all the way through the shirt. They're pockets, and then you can put stuff in them. That's smart. You just jingle. <laughs> it's like reverse cargo pants. <laughs> you like, put your snacks. It's in a cargo there. shirt. Oh no. Yeah, it's, a cargo it's a reverse shirt. cargo shirt. Put your yeah. keys the in there. Your go phone out, not yeah. down. Yeah, the pockets are like right underneath your armpits. Oh god. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to actually building this. You're right. <laughs> yes. Let's take this past the the ideation stage. <laughs> okay. So the last episode is called "Us and Them," which is going to be problematic, <laughs> just like it sounds. Armand, uh, what's first... your alternate? Oh no! What did I put for this one? Um, who cares anymore? <laughs> just gave up at this point in this episode i'm just like i don't know what the hell's going on i give up and i just while the opening credits on this one were running in my notes i just put this title makes me nervous yes (laughs) (laughs) rightfully so (laughs) this this is a slightly problematic episode (laughs) so they come roaring through the Stargate once again, and they crash into these, like, crystalline plants. <laughs> and they don't even, like, once they start running into stuff, they don't even slow down right away. They just try to, like, veer around them, still going really fast. I'm like, guys, hit the brakes! It's Stargate training. Just <laughs> <laughs> And Seattle loses control and goes over a cliff. And it was bound to happen sooner or later. Yeah, and like one of them catches her with like a mechanical arm from the RV, I think, and like manages to haul her back up. But I'm like, stop going through the Stargate so fast. You would have been fine if you rolled through at five miles an hour. Like, none of that would have happened. (sighs) I'm just so frustrated. Their haste is their hubris. Yeah. And so, like, Harrison is helping the RV pull Seattle back up, and he basically, like, gets rug burn on his feet, I think, because he's talking about his feet hurting afterwards. And it looks like he soaks them in hot water. I'm like, that's a really bad idea. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> They're purposely hurting Harrison. Being <laughs> Either he put them into hot water, which is dumb. Or he put them into ice water, but his feet were so hot that they were making the water steam, which is also concerning. That's very <laughs> <So>. funny. <laughs> Either one. I'm like, uh, do you have ice? <laughs> and so he uses this opportunity to talk about how he really wants some ice cream. You know, he's really on his, like, craving. You know, it's soda, hot shower, and now it's ice cream. He really wants ice cream, which I get it. Ice cream is great. And somebody has to explain to Draga what ice cream is. And she's like, oh, you like frozen bovine secretions? I'm like, yes. what I'm calling it from now on. Yes. killer band name, too. (laughs) I'm forever going to call ice cream frozen bovine secretions. Open a store that says that. Amazing. (laughs) Nobody would come if you called a store that. (laughs) You'll be so grossed out. Echo is the mascot for some reason. (laughs) Why? Because you don't want to have problematic Harrison on there? <laughs> no. He drives away business. <laughs> and so, dun da 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 we encounter people who look like Draga. They're called the Oxarok, apparently. And 
there's like this whole questioning of are these actually the ancients we've been trying to answer this question for the past 14 episodes are we gonna finally find out no <laughs> we still don't know because <laughs> that's not fun like they obviously don't call themselves the ancients they call themselves the Atsurok. but that doesn't you know doesn't necessarily like the ancients that we know in like sg1 they don't call themselves that other people call them that so you know that could be the case here too but we still never get this question answered so the answer is whatever you want it to be yeah i guess they're like really saving that for the season finale or something but um Draga gains yet another supernatural ability she can now project holographic images from her mind her and English also gets worse. Her English gets worse because so she ends up teaching English to these other people who look like her. And so now they just are all speaking really bad English. And like, y'all have literal superpowers. I don't because then later in the episode, the other ones fire laser beams from their eyes. And I'm like, y'all are racking up like you have 20 superpowers at this point. I don't understand. <laughs> just don't understand <laughs> like anything about these people <laughs> and they learn english from draga immediately like there's no learning curve they immediately speak exactly like she does i'm like well if you can learn that much then why is it that draga has still never become fluent even though she can read seattle's mind you know i don't it doesn't make sense it does not yeah, so <laughs> Draga decides to go off and talk to these people on her own. And so the rest of them are like setting up base camp and stuff. And Gus's favorite hammer like went over the cliff and he like orders Harrison to go looking for it. <laughs> what a thing. <laughs> but it's like he asks Harrison to go look for his favorite hammer that fits his hand perfectly. And I'm like, this is weirdly sexual, guys. <laughs> he lands on his hammer. Yeah, he lands on it. <laughs> he literally lands on it on his butt. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> was I just, you know, was my brain slowly dying, or were the other agents like moaning for communication as well? Like, that oh my was like God, their yeah. whole way of communicating. Moaning and like bird calls <laughs> was their natural form of communication. That's the latest Florence and the Machine album, right? Sorry. Right? I don't know. <laughs> Moaning and burn calls. Burn calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so basically they're like, they're starting to get upset that Draga is spending so much time with these Otsurok. And then when the Otsurok do kind of come back, they're excluding them, like not really wanting to talk to these team members. They only want to talk to Draga. And the team seems like really offended by this. But I'm like, I don't understand why you're surprised. Like, y'all are strangers. Draga is clearly one of them. Of course, they're going to be more concerned with one of them returning home than they are about some strangers they've, you know, never seen before. So, <laughs> I feel like y'all are making a big deal out of nothing. But that's although, what they do. <laughs> although, granted, they are mean to Harrison because they, like, take him off of a high surface and drop him. <laughs> Like, they're going to let him fall to his death. I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe they're a little mean. <laughs> but 
I told you they could just get rid of him at any time, so I'm glad they finally decided to take me up on that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they do seem to troll Harrison, but I mean, who doesn't want to troll Harrison? So I don't believe him. <laughs> when Draga is like going off to have a meal with the Otsurok, Stacy makes a comment about how, and like Stacy is like finding moss and stuff for them to eat. And it's like, Draga must be hating this. Like, because she's also having to eat moss. I'm like, maybe that's her natural diet. If they're yeah, on her that... home world. <laughs> also, two things. <laughs> One, they're like, I'm sure she hates this. And we're like, but that's where she's from. But then the funny thing is that that's not what she's eating either. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not totally clear what they're eating. They could be eating stuff made out of moss. It could, it, yeah, I mean, that's true. It could just be prepared a lot better. Yeah, I mean, it had a structure to it, but it could still be made out of moss. But it's like, what makes you assume that this moss on Draga's home world is not going to be delicious to her? <laughs> like, I guess in their defense grass is indigenous to earth and we don't eat grass typically so but we eat a lot of things that are very like grass yeah so and we could eat grass if we could if we, we needed don't. to yeah <laughs> yeah so they're also so whether setting up like base camp they're also working on their rvs again and it seems like the past three episodes they've been doing handiwork on their rvs i'm like What's wrong with them? Why do you keep messing with them? You haven't established that there's anything wrong with your RVs. Because <laughs> they're bored. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just trying to make excuses for these people. I don't know. But it does seem like the Otsrock um, invent a new racist slur for the week. Rock crawlers. <laughs> yeah. Everybody who can't fly is a rock crawler. I'm like, okay. And where's where's the heat for, for them and their racism? <laughs> Guys, well, they do get heat for it because, like, Harrison takes no, I mean from you to guys. it. Oh, <laughs> Harrison's well, the one who taught them that. What are you talking about? <laughs> King of the slurs, they are very me. They like tell Harrison that they're gonna take him to some food, and then it's just like the crumbs from their past meal, <laughs> so they really don't like Harrison. <laughs> I mean, Can relatable, you blame them? like, yeah. And but yeah, it just seems like Seattle in particular is going on these tangents about how Draga is abandoning them, and like she makes this, she equates it to like having cliques from high school, and how like Draga is now joining their clique, and that it's you shouldn't only stay with people who look exactly like you. You should have friends that come from diverse backgrounds. I'm like Seattle. This is not the same thing. And also, I feel like she personally should know better because she was probably the only Native American at her high school when she moved to the big city and felt like she specifically talks about how she was excluded from cliques in school. And I'm like, wouldn't you? She says towards the end that it was bad because she was the one on the outside. Yeah. But the way she says it seems to be like, so it's not so bad when you're one of the people on the inside. Right. Like, don't but, know so that it's like, takeaway. so Seattle, wouldn't you have loved to have another Native American person at your school, right? So 
why are you upset when Draga, who is the only one of her kind on your team, finds other people like her for the first time in her life? Because... (laughs) the the hypocrisy. Yeah, honestly. Because it's like a human-centric... They're also really going out of their way to make this Native American girl racist, and I'm like, you don't have to yeah. do that, Harrison's right there. Yeah. <laughs> There's enough racism on the team. He's got enough <laughs> to go around. And I'm like, it's it's perfectly normal to want friends that look like you. Like, yeah, okay, it's great to also have diverse friends, but if you're the only one of your race in a huge crowd of people, I mean, I understand, I get it. Like, especially because Draga... Want, you want friends who share your culture. Yeah, and Draga was literally just born a few weeks ago, <laughs> and she's never seen any of one of her own people before. So this Draga's is incredibly exciting. Yeah, she is. She's a toddler, basically, and this is very exciting for her. I'm like, I don't understand why you're judging her for this. So the Talkon show up. They apparently know the gate address for this planet because they came before Gus's team came and like had brought some parts for their ship or something and they have a really confusing statement so one of these talk on is like saying to another one so are these people the ancients that we're looking for and the other guy is like no but we still need to capture the ancients who's with Gus Bonner's team and I'm like you're contradicting yourself you just ancient. you just said that these people are not the ancients and yet you're calling Draga an ancient. Echoes the ancient. <laughs> you think so? Well, that's the only way this makes sense. But so no, because they, they were specifically trying to steal Draga when she was in her little cocoon earlier in the very first episode. I tried, I don't know. So the talk on come and they build a little mini temple really really quickly like in five minutes basically they have a little because they have like the mayan temples as their ships right and they have a little mini one and they go off to capture some of the otzerak and they're able to catch them with like an electric net basically but then other otzerak is that's just when we learn that the other otzerak have this ability to shoot lasers out of their eyes which I don't understand. I'm like, is that a form of their telekinesis? Because it's the same color as when they use their telekinesis. I don't know. <laughs> and so Gus's team is, you know, going to help them, going to help free the Otzerok that were taken. And they basically insinuate that they're better people because they're willing to go rescue the Otzerok yeah. and the Otzerok weren't willing to help them. I'm like, Gus, this is super racist. The optics are so bad because it's like we're better people because we're more willing to help like other others, but it's like but you don't have the lengthy history yeah. that they do. Yeah. Like maybe they have this slur of the rock crawlers and this attitude towards humans. Maybe they were subjugated in the past. You it hundred percent reads like a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like you don't know their history. You know what's it's, happened to them before? It's like when white guys who take their selfies in their car with their Oakley sunglasses and then pay for Twitter blue go on Twitter and they're like, can't you just yeah, whatever it might be? It's like, no, we can't just, but you're not interested in the reasons why. Yeah. That's Gus Bonner right now. 
Yeah. And so, like, the moral of the week is, like, what's on the inside counts and you should be kinder to strangers. But I really don't like this ending lesson because, like, the author are, like, are, like, we're going to try to be better people now. I'm like, but you're not inherently bad people just because you don't like strangers. That's not evil. It's being cautious. So why is this lesson to be kinder to strangers weirdly racist? Because like they just don't know you. They're not evil. They could be good people. They just have never seen you before. Yeah. But they're awfully quick to judge. So Yeah. Yeah, and it was like, what's on the inside counts? It doesn't matter if you can fly or if you can't fly. You're all good people. I'm like, uh, okay. But... <laughs> Also, these people are not evil. You've been awfully quiet, Armand. I'll be 100% honest. Uh, midway through this episode, I kind of just zoned out. And then <laughs> it just went... Dan, 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 dan. I'm like, oh, okay, it's done. <laughs> I'm done. So you just Which, missed the last half. I, I missed pretty much all of it. The last thing I wrote down is grabs Harrison's legs and kicks him. <laughs> <laughs> that was when the, they were working on the RVs and Harrison yeah, and he, he passed out, yeah. Yeah. And then I wrote down the line, even geeks thought I was different too. And I, or no, even geeks thought I was too different. I really liked that line. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote same bro there. So you missed all the moralizing at the end. I, I, I don't know what the moral was. It could have been, you know, three kinds of moss isn't really the best diet. It could have been, you know, frozen bovine secretions is oh. the greatest thing, you know? It could have been anything. It could have been well, find your favorite lucky hammer if it falls down a cliff. <laughs> I don't know. Now you gotta go back and finish the episode. Oh no. <laughs> How about no? <laughs> How else are you gonna learn these moral lessons about what inside is counts? <laughs> from Harrison, yeah. <laughs> learn how not to be racist from Harrison. Well, he was Har telling me that he wants to go back and watch the whole series mm -hmm. to document their war crimes. <laughs> and just like basically see like who's culprit, you know, based on history, like who will be, you know, what will happen, you know, we, right. when they get back to Earth after you know all this adventure, they probably have a laundry list of like you know, you every should probably you should probably add to the list the planet where the Stargate got destroyed by the volcano. I feel like there's there's something in that that could be said. Oh, the, the, it's the whole show. Like the whole show is just. <laughs> Teaches kids to be war criminals. <laughs> but not to lie or be greedy or play video games. Throw in a lesson about science occasionally, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's okay to, like, torture and kill robots because, you know, whatever. But, you know, <laughs> watch out how many video games you play, kids. Like The robots aren't real. <laughs> That soldier was, like, writhing in pain when it was getting zapped. I felt right? bad. I was just like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> they held the camera, like, for way too long. I do feel like it's easier to argue that robots or androids in general are real people, considering all these various planets that they go to with all these different forms of life. I mean, yeah, I can buy that androids are real, you know, yeah. like, have consciousness and you know fear death and all this kind of stuff oh they have self-identity yeah and they're just killed indiscriminately by Gus Bonner you know 
I just do. He'll smirk and smile while job. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I screen capped. Um, so I screen capped the one of um, God. What's what's their name? Uh, Seattle. Uh-huh. I screenshotted Seattle's uh, zonked out face. I, I, wish I, <laughs> I wish I caught uh, Gus Bonner. Like I, I wrote this in the notes. So I forgot to bring it up. When he's in that VR system and he meets his like long lost love, he cries a tear in real life and it makes yeah. this awful squelching noise. I, I like go back and listen to it. It's just like like that. Ew. And I just I was like, what the actual hell? Like I, I don't want to swear on this podcast, but I was just like, what am I listening to? And like it zooms in on his face when it's doing it, so it's just like some creepy body. Like the whole episode, yeah, just... it's very depressing. Another note I put, I forgot to bring up. Like Echo's hand grew in one scene. Like he's leaning out of a car, yeah. and then he like waves, and his <laughs> hand just like grows to the size of his torso. I think like what it was is like you know he's sitting far back and like he's towards the camera and he's like waving, but like it, the way it's drawn, it's just his hands the yeah. size of his body, <laughs> and he's waving. And then, oh my god. What a nightmare of a show. <laughs> I thought oh, you loved this show. I'm about to be inside a line. I can't believe I forgot to bring that up. <laughs> that was a great Harrison line. <laughs> I forgot that line. So Armand saying I'm about to be inside a lion. I'm like, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Respectfully, what? 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 You didn't know the show was going to cover bestiality. <laughs> I didn't think that was from the show. I just thought Arma was saying stuff. And no, I'm like, about to be inside a lot. <laughs> what are you doing over there? It's a note for later. Just. <laughs> oh, and then can you turn the lines off? That was a good line. Like a good follow up. Yeah. <laughs> I liked. Um, I think my, my like out of all the favorite episodes, uh, I'll ask all of you what yours were. Mine is number fifteen. I just I loved how weird it was. I loved the fact that like just all these weird lines were out of there. I'm trying to find the one line. Oh, like one point, Echo's like sitting around. And he's like, "Yeah, so Napoleon and Caesar are androids," and he's just saying it really casually. I'm like, he watches the History Channel, like ancient <laughs> aliens kind of thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> he goes on QAnon forums and. You know, all the world leaders are androids and aliens. Like, uh-huh. he's a he's a character. You Another, should watch out for him. An echo moment that I liked in the first episode was when so all the like hydrogen tanks were blowing up, <laughs> and they were all going into like a a service hatch to get away from the explosions, and they all just like go in normally. And Echo is last, and he somehow gets like launched into it head first, and so he like <laughs> screams. <laughs> And you just see his like feet disappearing into this hole. <laughs> like, poor guy. You sounded like a nerd when he screamed you took the catalyst unit, like really like he's like, You took the catalyst you yeah. shut up, nerd. Like <laughs> Yeah, we saw Echo be angry for the first time. He Any was nerd on Star Wars Twitter. He was really personally fit. it was the first time he fell in love with somebody and then she betrayed him, you know? No more love. Where is their spin-off? <laughs> Hashtag Creco forever. Creco. Well, so at the at the the end of the last episode, Draga decides to go with the team to the next planet rather than stay with her people. I'm like, see, I would prefer like at the end of this season, Draga goes back to her home world and learns the culture of her people. Echo should go back to be with Krita and have a nice little romance. Harrison um, should just go away. <laughs> Seattle can go back to Earth and cash out that diamond that she has in her backpack and yep. free her family from poverty. Stacy and Gus can go get him acquitted. 
Yeah, they're gonna have should some be put on trial and. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just uh, following orders, Gus. Like nobody geez. cares what happens to Harrison, so nah. <laughs> Harrison just fades into obscurity. Harrison needs to get sexual harassment training and you know stuff like that back at the SGC. I think Gus does too. After he was like. On top, yeah. was it like Harrison or Echo? He was on top of and grunting. I completely forgot. I think Harrison. <laughs> you don't do that to sleeping people. Come on, Gus. I don't remember that, but I have to find the link, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna send it to a work group by accident and confuse. <laughs> Anything else y'all want to talk about? Make it stop. <laughs> no, we've think of we've got a little ways to go. This is. With this, we've got through 16 episodes. There's 24 in total, I think. Or is it 26? 26. Yeah, so we're at the halfway point. We're past the halfway point. Yeah. We have two more episodes with four each. And then the last time we cover it, we'll only have two episodes to watch. But it's on a cliffhanger, apparently. So we'll be able to talk about how we think it should continue. (laughs) We'll write the fan fiction for it. We just spelled out the ending. But we yeah. can we can, we can do true. it again based on uh, based on new information. Yeah, exactly. I'm skimming through episode 13 now, and then I got to the part where Seattle's just like laying like this for no reason. Yeah, that's what I was saying. She sleeps seductively. <laughs> got the part they're I all mean, lying. When Echo was there. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not using lost. their sleeping bags properly. I, I just got back to the scene. Like it's well, you maybe see it's the hot. zipper. Yeah, maybe, but. <laughs> Well, plus they're like wearing their full gear. They maybe they just don't want to get the inside of the sleeping bag dirty. Oh, I found it. Um, the time code for uh, Garrison. I'm gonna call it Gus and Harrison Garrison. <laughs> the time code is eight oh three. He grunts and he's like sitting right on his lap, and then it zooms in on his face, and he moves back and has like a little stern look. Oh my god! And then Harrison's waking up like as he stands up, so. I did a dream. <laughs> and Echo's just walking it. away in the background. He's just like Sasquatching away. He looks like uh, like that Bigfoot clip. <laughs> he actually does. Oh my god. This is the best show ever, actually. You know, I take it back. This is amazing. Oh my god. <laughs> You're usually the one who likes the show the most. It, it, it like it comes in waves. Like at first it's just like, oh my god, like just end this nonsense. And then it's just like, you know, yeah. Echo squatching it up, and then Harrison's grunting, and then Seattle's just lying seductively, and it's just, it's so much. There's so much going on. Yeah. I love it. They have very dramatic reaction faces to things, and make weird noises. (laughs) You know. I want to meet the animators and shake their hand. (laughs) Imagine yourself drawn as one of these characters. That's all I got to say now. No. No. Oh my god, Arzu, could you imagine how big they would draw your boobs in animation? I don't want to know. They, but the thing is, because they have like big boobs and a big butt, what they would do is they would do that thing where all plus-size women in like 90s and 2000s animation are just kind of dumpy looking. Right. And they would give me chins I don't have and make my lips too big, and my joke would be how much I like food. Right. That's Harrison true. would just That's... be dropping slurs on me, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there would probably be some racism. 
you know. Some. <laughs> I'd probably get that too. I get a double whammy. Yeah. I the guess mu- the music that plays when it cuts to us, like <laughs> like the like the little sitar, like traditional, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the camels in the background. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> the lady vocalizing. Now we've just turned into that TikTok. <laughs> but like honestly. <laughs> Filter turns yellow, like. <laughs> yes. Yeah, suddenly, every time you or I are on screen, the the filter gets dirty. We're all mysterious. <laughs> like, come, come quick to our cabin, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, that's what would happen. I would be like round, but I would have like a veil, so all you can see are my eyes. Oh. And then Harrison but, will like, make a crack. Like but the thing is, like the veil is gauzy, so you can see my face. It's just on. And then I have like a little hat with like I dream of genie coins and a little veil. <laughs> and. <laughs> And and like you know, I'm not Garrison skinny, so I wouldn't have a bare midriff. Yeah. But but I would have like a bikini top with like a silky thing covering my stomach, you know, for modesty. And then harem pants. Ooh, Gus comes up to you and tells no you about reason. your you know your history and your culture. He's like, yeah. did you know that your people did this? And it's like all wrong, but you have to just say sure. <laughs> Come, sir, let me show you the mistakes. <laughs> Then Harrison's like, oh boy. I don't know boy. what show this turned into, but that's absolutely what would happen. This turned into uh, spoilers for episode 16, or 17 of the show, rather. Spoilers for episode 27. Yeah. Arzu makes a cameo. Anyway. Oh no. Yeah, I mean, I would hope that Harrison would give you a break if you're a team member, but there was that one time he said something kind of racist about Seattle, so I don't think you'd be safe. <laughs> no, not not even a chance. The rest of them are pretty respectful, so. And then Krita who? Because Echo and I would fall in love. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, Echo is definitely not racist, and he would fall in love with him. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sorry, Krita. Yep. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Love triangle. <laughs> no, just no Krita, thank you. Well, can be oh, you can delete the address of that planet from the RV's computer. There we go. <laughs> oh, what happened so, there? <laughs> you're never going back to her. <laughs> you just gaslight Echo like I don't remember going to a rat planet with like generators? What are you talking about? Like <laughs> Hydrogen bombs, what? Frida? What? <laughs> don't say her name in this house. <laughs> I really don't know what show this became, but anyway. Echo snaps. Stop all the lying. <laughs> no, because then he's going to leave me. <laughs> I think this is our longest episode. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. It's go on two record. Hours. <laughs> <laughs> I like that's longer than all the episodes I, I think like for the it past two weeks put together. Yeah. Put together. <laughs> oh my god. Our commentary is better. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. This is vastly more entertaining. I watched these four episodes and then had some extra time, and so I watched one of the Star Wars Visions episodes that was like. <laughs> Oh no. 15 minutes of like pure artistry. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> this is what I could be watching <laughs> all the time. And I have to watch Infinity. <laughs> Which episode was it? The Sky Dancer one. Oh, yes. That's beautiful. 
Incidentally, if you want to know more about Star Wars Visions, check out our sister podcast, The Geeky Waffle, where Candace, the network, I guess, boss, and I talk about Star Wars Visions, among other things. Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a great episode. By the time this comes out, you'll have to go back several weeks. A couple episodes. It's a monthly show, so you'll only have to go back like an episode or two. But oh, that's true. It's in there. That's fair. Yeah. Any other final thoughts you'll have? No? I think my brain is fried at this point. Okay. Mine too. I think I've long past the point. Of <laughs> if you need sense. me, I'm, I'm going into the uh, that VR zone, whatever it was called. <laughs> the Sith. Fantasy. Oh, the, the Sith. Sith. Yeah. I kept thinking they were saying the Sith, and I'm like, I need to get ahead of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. The Sith. I'm going to go okay. into my Sith fantasy where I'm just, you know, doing my regular job and <laughs> just getting random compliments because that's <laughs> the best I could think of. That's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I won the lottery. <laughs> That's less sad. Was it like Stargate lottery or like the Earth? Like what was it? I guess it's like the normal like Earth. It was Why Earth because she was back at work. Why yeah. they have her ticket? Because she left it at work. Why, Why did, did she they... leave it at work? Yeah, <laughs> so many <laughs> questions. It's in her locker. How Why long has she been through... gone? Like <laughs> Why? Why they went through her locker? I can't say. But yeah, maybe I don't they, think she you know, like... the ticket. Yeah. Well, maybe if somebody is like missing in action, they clear out their locker for somebody else to use. Wouldn't that lottery Again. have like gone to the like a redraw or something if they were gone for this long? Yeah, I would no, think you so. have a year to claim it. Interesting. Okay. Here you do anyway. Like maybe it I hope she goes back and too. claims it. Honestly, that that's the season finale. Yeah, she well, I mean, she's lottery. got that huge diamond too. Yeah, my gosh, good didn't. for her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's the only one with a happy ending probably <laughs> Harrison is indicted for his role in January 6th yeah Sarah Bonner is dishonorably discharged yeah Sarah Bonner is Stacy oh Stacy did I say Sarah Bonner yeah Sarah, did. Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor. That's, that's what I was thinking there we go oh my god that's the crossover we need no <laughs> Terminator meets Stargate Infinity. I feel like Stacy would be the only one to actually stay at the SGC. Yeah, because because Echo would be like, "This is too much. I'm going back to my home planet." (laughs) (laughs) And Draga also goes back to her home planet. So Seattle, you know, puts the diamond, buys the land she needs, buys everything Mm -hmm. for her family. I like that. Yep. Yep. Happy ending. What a group of horrible people, though. Like, (laughs) (laughs) on average, I would not want to work with this team. Like, my God, like, egos. The girls are the best ones. Yeah, but like, they're not perfect. In general, they're all pretty. Yeah, they're all flawed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, that's it for today. We'll be back next week with episodes twelve and thirteen of SG One Season Three: Sholinar's Memories and The Devil You Know. If you want to talk to us about Stargate, you can find us on our podcast Twitter and Tumblr page at Wormhole Waffles. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Chelsea Fairless. Armand, do you have anything you want to promote? You can find me on LinkedIn. All <laughs> right. I'm boring. Armand, that's me fine. There. That's totally fine. <laughs> Arzu. I'm on Twitter at Arzu Amin. I'm at Arzu D2 everywhere else. So that's Instagram, Tumblr, and Hive. Everybody's moving to Blue Sky. I don't know about that. So, as you have right access now, to it I'm not no? on Blue Sky. No. Uh, I also don't have an invitation. I've heard so bad you things can't about fire that, me. So. I quit. It's um, basically just Twitter, but there's more porn. That's what I heard. 
I heard uh, it's also there's racist. also like less protection. Yeah. Oh shoot! Yeah. Than Twitter, so that's why I haven't I haven't made the leap yet. Yeah, yeah. I've heard there's a bunch of racists over there. So. Oh shoot! Yeah, it's just it's like spoutable to having the same problem. So right now I'm just going down with the burning barge of trash yeah. that is Twitter. Same, but me that's too. the best place to find me. As a network, we are on Twitter at geeky underscore waffle. We are the geeky waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Tumblr. We also are the geeky waffle on YouTube. We're at thegeekywaffle.com and patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Oh, sorry. Was the channel called Geeky Waffle? I just want to make sure. The Geeky Waffle. The Geeky YouTube. Waffle. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> the only place we are not the Geeky Waffle is Twitter. We are geeky underscore waffle. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a mouthful that you have to spout off every time, too. <laughs> yes, it is, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you on the other side of the event horizon.